if you want to learn ways how you can improve your mental and physical performance naturally, tune into this episode. All right. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the NeuroFlex podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. Wanted to let you guys know a little bit, little bit about photobiomodulation, uh, also known as light therapy. This is something that we use here at NeuroFlex um, to stimulate particularly the mitochondria within the brain, the, the parts of the cell that produce the energy. Uh, photobiomodulation and light in general is sort of a, a nutrient for those mitochondria. They absorb that light, increases energy, uh, blood flow, oxygenation to the brain, and we're able to pulse that light at specific frequencies that all is dependent upon each person's unique neurophysiology that we're able to observe from a brain map. So if that's something that interests you guys, um, go ahead and check out neuroflex.com, N-U-R-O-F-L-E-X.com. There's a section uh, that speaks, uh, talks all about photobiomodulation and uh, yeah, learn more. Um, currently, we're going to be doing uh, those sessions along with some other neuromodulation in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. So for today's episode, uh, we have two, uh, two guests today, two very special guests, um, Taro and Danielle. So I'll start with Taro um, is the founder and CEO of Four Sigmatic, a functional foods company that wants to make, make the world's most studied and nutrient-dense foods more delicious and easier to consume to bring healthy upgrades into America's daily routine. And as an expert in all things related to nutrition, health, and wellness, Taro is the author of two previous best-selling books, Healing Mushrooms, an educational cookbook from Avery Publishing, and Santa Sold Shrooms, a children's book for adults about the magical origins of Santa Claus. Uh, Danielle is a key player in the worldwide mushroom movement. As a registered herbalist of the American Herbalist Guild, a certified holistic nutritionist, instructor of mycology, and head of education at Four Sigmatic, Danielle is teaching the world about the importance of a life on functional mushrooms. Um, and they, both Taro and Danielle, could recently collaborated um, on a new book uh, called Healing Adaptogens um, that is coming out in a few weeks now, right? September 27th, it looks like. Yep, that's right. Awesome. Yeah, I was able to, uh, your guys' publisher sent me a, a, a copy of it. And as I was mentioning right before the interview, I, I just devoured the PDF. There was so much really interesting information in there. So um, really, really approve of the book. Awesome stuff there. And uh, welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So tell me a little kind of maybe each of you guys could could tell me a little bit about your journey into into health, um, into kind of this functional medicine or uh, functional food sort of space and how you originally found out about adaptogens and functional mushrooms and all this stuff. What, what were your guys' entry points? Ladies first. <laughs> um, I will start my story after my undergrad. I took a one-way ticket and moved to Asia and lived out there for several years. I was leading trips in the backcountry, primarily in Thailand, but all over Southeast Asia, living with hill tribe people and villagers where herbal medicine is still a really alive practice part of daily life. So I started foraging with my host mamas and going to collect different medicines from our backyards and uh, became really fascinated by this whole 
art of herbal medicine. And I ended up moving back to the States and going to grad school for herbal medicine and opened a private practice, kind of classic story of no idea what type of clients would be attracted to me. And what I got was these individuals that were like, I have tried every practitioner. You're my last resort. What can you do for me? And this brought a lot of chronic illness and undiagnosed or misdiagnosed diseases and autoimmunity. And so I started specializing in functional mushroom-based treatment. So really making individual formulas for every body and just falling in love with the power of these mushrooms and totally kind of shocked at why they weren't uh, a bigger presence in the Western world and in our medicine cabinets and actually found Four Sigmatic looking for an easy, convenient way to get these medicines into my clients' bodies that mimicked the ancient intent. So that mimicked the way that humans have been using these ingredients for thousands of years. And since then, Tarot and I have collaborated and um, yeah, shared this amazing love of trying to get this medicine and these foods to as many people as possible. Awesome. How about uh, how about you, Tara? What was your introduction into all of this work? Yeah, I'm a 13 generation family farmer out of Finland. So I grew up on our family farm that we've had at least since 1619. Um, and uh, my dad is an agronomist. My mom taught physiology and anatomy. So I started learning about agriculture and soil and forest from my dad and about human body science and nutrition from my mom. And then, um, yeah, ended up studying first chemistry and then nutrition myself and been working with professional athletes and other high performance for 20 plus years when I started getting into adaptogens as well. And then about 10 years ago, started a kind of a, like you said, a functional foods company specialized in mushroom and adaptogens called Four Sigmatic. Uh, 10 years and 100 million adaptogen mushroom servings later, we're here. And I've written a few books uh, about these topics, like you said. Right. And I, I definitely remember uh, Four Sigmatic kind of being at the at the very early stages of the game in, in the sense of like I uh, back at like the, what was it, the Bulletproof conferences. I probably went like 20, 2014, 2015. And I remember seeing your guys' stuff really early on then. So it's super cool to just watch the the progression and to see how much more accepted and knowledgeable um, people are are starting to become about about these things. Um, I wanted to really ask you guys before we go any further. Uh, so an adaptogen, can we define that term? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of the audience have, has probably heard that term thrown around. Maybe um, maybe they've uh, they're taking one themselves, but don't fully. Uh, fully understand what that term means. So can we just get a definition of what an adaptogen is? Yeah, great question. I'll kick it off and then have Tara fill in any gaps. But um, adaptogens are a grouping of, we call them super plants and functional mushrooms. So there's about 30 of them that exist. We really focus on the top 21 most relevant in our book. And there are three criteria that qualify them as adaptogens. They're essentially safe. So we call them non-toxic. They're safe to take every day, long-term. Um, you can think of a lot of them more like foods than medicines. Um, the second is that they're non-specific. So this is really interesting. They don't exert a specific action in the body, like being directly uh, energizing or directly sedative, but they actually work with each individual's body to deliver a slightly different benefit based on that body's needs. Um, and the third is that they're all normalizing. So they're really looking for this a balancing effect on the body. A lot of people think of them for their benefits with stress support, 
Um, and the really interesting thing about this group of, of plants and mushrooms is they've been used for thousands of years across the world in many cultures, Ayurveda and TCM and many folk traditions. Uh, but we also have this amazing past 70 years of clinical research to back up their, their original use cases. So it's this really interesting intersection where we have the anecdotal evidence and these hundreds or thousands of years of experience and the research, which kind of puts them into this really powerful category that's so relevant for our modern world and modern minds. Awesome. Uh, anything you'd like to add to that, Taro? No, um, maybe one thing the relevant to listeners of this podcast is, although all of the adaptogens are natural substances and they're very much used for hundreds, if not thousands of years, the name adaptogen is about seven years old and it's very much evidence-based. So in order to qualify as an adaptogen, you need to be very much proven by hard science and for example, to write this last book, we went through like over a thousand research papers in combined for these 21 adaptogens to just write the book. So they're very much like, although they're sometimes used incorrectly as marketing jargon, um, the actual basis of adaptogen is very much evidence-based. And to qualify as an adaptogen, it, it my understanding and, and really um, I think my understanding really came from reading reading the book. It it has to sort of be able to bring the body back into homeostasis, right? Rather than drive this body specifically, you know, either upwards like a stimulant like caffeine or downwards like a you know sedative like like alcohol. Um, there has to sort of be this this uh, bringing back into homeostasis that these compounds share. Yeah, that's well said. And this happens on multiple systems of the body. So it could be modulating or regulating to the immune system. We could feel that effect on the nervous system. And how that often happens is these are some of the most phytochemically complex foods, mushrooms, and herbs on the planet. And so there's often compounds that are working in opposition to each other. So we have some that maybe on their own might be a little more stimulating or some on their own that might be more relaxing. But when we put them together, I think of it like filling the gaps in the body. Like what is that body deficient in? And that's what you're going to experience. So there is this really amazing homeostasis balance on all these levels of the body. And I think that's why people experience such profound benefits from taking them. Awesome. So in terms of like classifying adaptogens, I, I really like the chart in your guys's book that um, basically uh, describing the air characteristics, water characteristics, earth characteristics and fire characteristics. And I was wondering um, if you guys could just explain that a little bit more um, to people who don't that have the, the infographic right in front of them like I do. Um, how, how would you guys, uh, how do you guys describe those different sectors and, um, and how that sort of impacts which adaptogens might be a good fit for, um, you know, a person's specific uh, constitution? Yeah. Um... So even though they are evidence-based um, and a lot of the science is based on, like it's based on modern science, studying very individual parts of the body. So you, you could look at like very specific uh, body functions in those studies. Um, how they're applied, I think it's helpful to take a more traditional lens. So kind of marry the, the new with the old. So particularly with Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, 
there's this concept that it gets often overlooked with um with modern medicine that like in modern medicine if you experience headache it doesn't matter what's the body experiencing the headache it's still a headache right and in thus in multiple traditional systems the body experiencing the headache is the kind of the core focus so things like um heat might be a good example or moisture could be a good example um to explain of the body that experiencing it um, when you're prescribing healing properties. So for example, if, if, if you are constantly running hot, there are things that are cooling you. And then by cooling you, you kind of lubricate or improve the performance of your key 11 body systems, be it like digestive system, circulatory system, reproductive system. So by knowing that you can kind of customize a little bit which adaptogen or what kind of diet to take to achieve this balance or hormesis better. Um, so there's so there's like a weird concept here where um, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but xenohormesis. So basically like to achieve this balance of homeostasis, we need these triggers that trigger us into a certain direction. And when we get them from plants, it's called xenohormesis. And similarly, these adaptogens provide this, but it's also good to know what your body is and what is the characteristic of what you're taking to achieve this balance uh, that we're trying to achieve. So, um, so in this book, we explain what is these um, characteristics of each adaptogen. Are they more water or fire? Are they more air or earth? And then how does that actually is relevant to either the daily consumption time or the body type that would most benefit from them. Anything that you'd like to add to that, Daniel? Yeah, I'll add a little. That was that was a great synopsis. Um, in my practice of herbal medicine, it's really following old lineages. And as Taro mentioned, in all traditional systems of medicine besides Western medicine, uh, there's been an understanding that no two bodies are the same, right? This concept of bio-individuality. And oftentimes the categories of bodies are assessed based on temperature and moisture. So some people are hot and dry. Some people might be more moist and cool. And this can be dependent on the foods you're eating or the climate that you're living in, right? You're living, you know, out in sea level. That's probably going to make your constitution more naturally moist, then right now I'm at 7,000 feet elevation in Colorado, I'm gonna be more drying. And similarly, plants and fungi have their own constitution. Some are more obvious, like an aloe plant, right? Is really moist and cool. And then a ginger root is really warm and dry. And there's a, there's a range, right? There's a spectrum within that. And um, I've found that when you look at the body and then the plant, like a matchmaking, uh, you can really get to the root of people's issues, right? Instead of, as Tara mentioned, a headache, a headache, a headache. It's like, oh, what is this body? Why is this body presenting a headache? What could that be coming from? And then let's match the right natural species so that it merges with their body as appropriately as possible. And it sounds like the, the you could even sort of do that, as you mentioned, like with the climate, like it sounds like there might be an ideal uh, climate that different people might have to, to live in dependent on their, these sort of uh, characteristics. Yeah, and we all have 
each of the elements and all of the characteristics within us. Um, so this is kind of often misunderstood. Like in Ayurveda, there's three doshas, which are the body types. And it's like vata's air, pitta's fire, and kapha's earth. And we're just more dominant in one or the other at different times in our life. So this can totally change based on the, the climate we're living in. Um, and the goal is to get back to your, um, your dosha, that, like, your ideal state of balance that, that makes you feel the most vital, um, which in different practices, there's, there's different philosophies around this. And Ayurveda has thought that the moment you're born, you have your, your doshic balance set for you. So you're trying to get back to that place. Um, but yeah, this, this is always changing. They're always within us. So we wanted to include this in the book to really honor the traditional use cases of these, these plants and mushrooms, but then of course include the clinical trials and the things that our modern minds are more adapt to. And so it's, it's that marrying of both, both important. Yeah. And these are just lenses to look at things. There's different languages with different systems, Ayurveda and, and TCM, have been dominant because they've just been so good at documenting but there's a modern name for all of this so if instead of looking at the doshas in ayurveda you can look at the body types of ectomorphs and mesomorphs and and endomorphs so like there is different names for the same stuff but you're basically looking at um like metabolic rate is a is a, is a good general umbrella for a lot of this perfect okay and so, um, in terms of, in terms of adaptogens, um, what, yeah, I know you guys talk about like the different bodily systems that adaptogens can affect, which are pretty, you know, widespread from the, the circulatory system to the reproductive system, um, and all of the other bodily systems. So how are, how are adaptogens, uh, able to sort of modulate so much of, you know, the, the human body? I can go first if you want. Um, so, um, so basically, I talked a little bit about xenohormesis. So, what's the weird part about plants and fungi is that they're actually like low dose annoying or low dose toxic, even though they're safe. So, think of like turmeric or think of even these uh, functional mushrooms that have polysaccharides that actually kind of trigger a response in the body. And when we talk about adaptogens, it's very much a systemic approach. So I'll give a couple of examples um, as kind of a pathway. So one example is cordyceps. Cordyceps is a, is a fungi that has been shown to increase VO2 max. So your maximum oxygen intake. So um, on an untrained individual is up to 15%. So let's assume you're a fairly trained individual and your oxygen intake increases by 10%. What is the downstream effect of 10% more oxygen? You'll have more energy, your sports performance goes up, you probably sleep better, but also like uh, libido increases. So that's an example of that. The other thing, what we know about cordyceps, it increases ATP production. So, you know, ability for your cells to produce energy. What if your cell energy production becomes more efficient in studies up to 50% improvement in ATP production? That's a huge impact on pretty much anything you do from cognitive function to general well-being. Um, there's other examples uh, for gut health. So a lot of our neurotransmitters are created in the gut. Gut is also where we have our immunity. So things like phenols and beta-D-glucans found in adaptogens are able to improve gut, gut 
performance. And we can talk about specific studies if you want, but they actually have a huge positive impact. And you, everybody has mushrooms in your gut. So having these possible positive fungi in your gut um, will make the performance better. So I think those are just some examples on how they're able to have such a profound impact on our physiology. Yeah, I'll add one more piece. Adaptions really look at the body as an ecosystem as it is, right? So instead of targeting, right, and being not being specific to whether it's a ailment like a headache or a bellyache or whatever it might be, they are, they're non-specific by nature. And so the effects that we experience are really different based on where we're at going into it. So let's say we experience a lot of headaches, but that's rooted in having digestive upset. So we take perhaps a functional mushroom that's adding all these amazing prebiotics into our microbiome, 70% of our immunity is in our gut. So we're having these immune improvements. Maybe we have more energy because we're processing our food better. So we have less stress and then the headaches go right, right? So there's this kind of um, like domino effect that happens. And we always say that, like, as we were organizing the book, we tried to choose three main benefits for each of the species. And it was so challenging because they do so many different things based on who you are and, and how those, how these systems of your body will be targeted. So you might take lion's mane for the nootropic effects and then realize, oh, I'm actually sleeping a lot better. And my digestive, digestive system is functioning more optimally, or I'm not getting sick as often. And this is the case with, with all of these adaptogens. So uh, now I guess getting more into the, the specific adaptogens that you guys list, I believe there's, there's 21 um, that you guys talk about in the book. Um, so I'm not even sure exactly where, where to start off. Where do you guys like to start off in terms of, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, interested in getting started with adaptogens and they're seeing all of these different names, um, kind of where, where does someone start when they're looking to, you know, incorporate some of these adapt adaptogens into, you know, into their, their life? Um, where does, yeah. where does someone start? Good news is you can start anywhere because they're all safe and they have this um, balancing effect. That being said, what my experience is, is that what people need the most is um, stress and mood improvement. So a lot of people, even healthy individuals are overtrained or overstimulated for whatever reason. And a lot of people's, you know, mood is a critical factor. So I would look at things like reishi mushroom and ashwagandha as some of like the very first starting places. Both of those have positive benefits to sports performance and cognitive function. But what they're most known for is their ability to impact the HBA axis and our endocrine system, particularly kind of like calming and grounding the body um, that has been overworked. So I um, uh, absolutely you know, you can start anywhere, but I, for most people, I would recommend with things that are helping you recover from excess stress. And that's why Ashwakanda and Rishi are some of the great ones to learn first. Yeah. And in a really routine way, I always suggest people start by thinking about things that they do every day, things that they're not going to give up. For most of us, that's a morning routine, like 70% of Americans drink coffee every morning but what does your day-to-day -day life look like? And adaptogens are not a pill for an ill. 
right? They have to be taken consistently for us to really experience the benefits. And so the best and easiest way to do that is to habit stack, to add them into your coffee, to put them into your smoothie, right? What is this routine that is like, you want to make it as easy as possible for yourself. I used to tell my clients, medicine doesn't work if you don't take it. Um, so really putting it right in front of your counter, like adding it into your coffee before you make your brew that morning and just building it into this consistent lifestyle. Got it. Okay. And, and then in terms of, um, you know, I, I know you guys come up with like different, different formulations at Four Sigmatic, like what, what are, um, how, like how, how does one go about kind of like stacking adaptogens together? How, how do you guys think about that? Yeah. Glad you asked. This is one of my favorite topics. I love a good stack. And uh, maybe starting with the point of like in herbalism, you know, Danielle's worked on herbal recipes and I worked on commercial recipes for years and years. And the fact is that you need to stack. Like there really isn't a concept with, even with supplements where you should take anything by itself. Um, there's absorption reasons for that, but also benefit reasons. So when you create any herbal recipe, there's usually a handful of things. Now there isn't 20 things or 30 things. That's incredibly, incredibly rare, but there's usually is like three to five things where usually one thing is the main herb or fungi and there's a supporting herb or fungi and they, they try to do the same thing. And the other things are there for absorption purposes. So, um, Example of that on the psychedelic world could be psilocybin combined with lion's mane. And then there's something like niacin to increase, be a, a vasodilator and improve their absorption or uh, speed it up. In the non-psychedelic world, for example, we have a thing called um, um, Think Elixir, which is lion's mane combined with rhodiola. Uh, rhodiola is an, another adaptogen similar to lion's mane but it works on cognitive function from a different perspective than lion's mane. And then we add things like rosehip and mint that both improve the absorption of the active compounds in lion's mane and rhodiola. So um, yeah, I would say I would avoid taking anything by itself besides like water and basic essentials like salt, <laughs> but uh, other things you definitely want to stack or, or have synergistic formulas. And by the way, chefs do this all the time by, Let's say you make a curry and you put, you know, ghee and turmeric and black pepper and all these things are actually what you're doing is creating them in a bioavailable format. So I would definitely recommend it, but avoid recipes that have 20 to 30. Like if you see a product on the market that says this one scoop has 75 things, it probably has none. So, um, so with the stacking, there is a, there is a, there's a law of diminishing research results there and you but but it's it you definitely want to have like let's say three to ten things together really quick i like to think of this like one plus one equals ten and so when you combine there's synergy that happens and some form like some different formulas and stacks are more common we know a lot of people take turmeric you often find black pepper add in the turmeric because it makes the active anti-inflammatory compound, this curcumin, 2000 times more bioavailable to your body. So similarly, there's with every plant and fungi, there's this synergistic action where it's not just the combination equaling the sum, it makes both of them so much more profound in the body. 
Toby, is, do you have a desired benefit here? We can create a custom formula right here on the show for you and your listeners. So if yeah. there's a desired benefit or if you have an ingredient you want to use, we can kind of uh, brainstorm together a fun stack for all the listeners that you can find elsewhere. Right, right. You know, right now, I would say definitely looking to improve stress, um, that being a big one, and sleep. Great. Like restorative deep sleep. Okay. And specifically deep sleep, not so much, let's say, REM or something like that, or generally just reduce stress. I'd say like generally reduce stress along with if there's anything to promote kind of the getting getting super deep restorative sleep where you wake up in the morning. You know, I, I'm the type of person that needs my cup of coffee in the morning just to feel somewhat human. So, you know, if there's anything that kind of uh, just promotes better better sleep so that I could wake up feeling a bit more normal. Okay. Well, Daniel can choose one ingredient as the main herb and also choose a supporting herb or adaptogen to go with it. And then we'll talk a little bit about what you could put on to increase absorption and uh, supporting ingredients for flavor. So Danielle, choose one and I'll choose the second. Okay, so I'm gonna start with cacao. Uh, Taro knows this, but I'm a huge proponent of magnesium, cacao specifically, but so much of the time we aren't falling into that deep state of relaxation because we're deficient in magnesium, which is like our mineral for cellular relaxation and cacao. So the true Theogroma cacao bean, right? What chocolate is highly processed and turned into is one of the richest natural forms of magnesium. There's so much else going on, but I'm going to start with cacao to replenish your body with, with that nutrient it needs to actually relax cellularly. Yeah. And uh, I already mentioned ashwagandha and rishi, but holy basil or tulsi um, is an amazing, amazing kind of calming down-regulating thing to um, so I would say reishi goes well with cacao, but I would say tulsi. So those would be two adaptogens to look at. As far as improve, improving absorption, I would say on the spice side, um, cinnamon, cardamom, turmeric. So kind of these um, somewhat warming spices, but also they balance like cinnamon blends like blood sugar, I would say are interesting things to add to that formula. Anything else, Danielle? Yeah, I mean, this is like a beautiful adaptogenic formula. You could actually take Toby like any time through the day to prepare your body for that night of deep rest. And that's something that we're always thinking about. Like it doesn't have to just be before you go to bed, knock yourself out, but how can you actually start first thing in the morning to think about how you're going to show up with energy the next day? Um, so you could kind of, yeah. And maybe build on that vanilla and honey are things that you could also combine in this recipe for, there's a lot of moon enhancing properties in what people often think of as like common spices, but um, vanilla and honey uh, would be interesting. And then on the supplement side, L-theanine, L-tryptophan. And if you wanna get a little stronger than like lemon balm, chamomile, and then even stronger would be valeriana and kava, but I would probably, avoid the kava valeriana path and and maybe even passion flower but i would say l-theanine l-tryptophan and chamomile are interesting awesome yeah i'm definitely definitely a fan of uh of using l-theanine i pair that with my morning cup of coffee and definitely takes away any any sort of jitters or anxiety that i might feel from from the caffeine so it's a good stack right there too um so in terms of uh, talking about like functional mushrooms specifically, I think 
you know, mushrooms are, are definitely getting um, a ton of attention, you know, now, particularly with the, you know, psilocybin, um, one of the uh, psychedelic mushrooms. But in terms of just all the functional mushrooms that you guys mentioned, um, that I guess fall under the category of adaptogens. Um, I know we talked about uh, reishi, cordyceps, uh, I think lion's mane was was maybe brought up. Is Are there any are there any others or uh, if you guys could just talk to me a bit more about just the usefulness of, of all of these different mushrooms. Yeah, you hit on three of the big five and five, these top five are also adaptogens. Um, so you mentioned reishi, cordyceps and lion's mane. We also have chaga and turkey tail. Uh, chaga is awesome. Taro has a deep lineage with chaga that I'll let him share. Uh, but it is often used as a coffee alternative. So it has this amazing antioxidant rich profile. It brews into this like jet black bitter beverage. So a lot of the popularity is skyrocketing around like chaga chinos and adding it to coffee, but it's a really, really unique fungus that grows on birch trees. Super important to source all of our mushrooms um, from the woods that they're growing from. They are what they eat. Like we are as humans, totally different conversation we can go into about human fungi DNA comparison, but um, chaga is awesome for skin, gut health. And then we have turkey tail, which is one of the most common fungi found worldwide. Pretty much any forest you're walking through, it's one of the, the easiest species to identify and uh, really, really powerful for immunity and gut health, which makes sense. These go hand in hand. We kind of clump them together in the book often uh, because so much of our immune cells are located within the gut. Um, really rich in prebiotics, really powerful uh, compounds have been identified from turkey tail that have been clinically turned into pharmaceuticals. So another kind of interesting fact, right? a lot of our, our fungi have can be used whole right, in this synergistic way that we talked about, uh, but some of the most interesting research as well is from these isolated compounds that we've been able to study and prove their ability to modulate the immune system and improve gut health and microbiome function. So plug for chaga and turkey tail there. Awesome. Uh, anything you'd like to add there, Taro? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Cool. There is obviously other amazing mushrooms, shiitake, maitake, enoki, um, mishima, there's a bunch of them. Um, and they might be considered adaptogens at some point, but like, let's say Mishima, there's still like limited amount of research on them. And I think over time, um, there will be maybe more adaptogens added to the list, but like uh, the bar is pretty high. And a lot of things that our marketers say are adaptogens are probably not. Got it. Okay. Now, a, a question that came up when, um, when you guys were talking about like uh, like the cacao being particularly rich in magnesium, um, like what's the, can you guys touch on like sort of the differences of say, if I was to just, you know, take, take a bunch of supplements that all had different vitamins and minerals in them versus consuming those, um, you know, maybe those same vitamins or minerals, or if there's anything additional that I'm getting, if I consume like adaptogens directly versus, you know, more like isolated supplements. Yeah, so if you take micronutrients, vitamins and minerals at a separate supplement, there would be two things you probably not get. Uh, one is absorption. Um, so 
And there's a bunch of studies on this, particularly on like ascorbic acid, let's say vitamin C and taking that and what's the absorption and impact on the body versus taking, let's say acerola, which is natural source of vitamin C or most berries. Um, similarly with magnesium, there's obviously multiple forms of magnesium, but also the absorption of magnesium um, in natural forms, it's better. So the hack has always been is that if you can't afford the natural alternatives or you don't have access to fully it, try to combine synthetic supplements with the natural. So if you happen to have synthetic forms of magnesium, try to eat it with magnesium rich foods uh, to aid with the absorption there. And then the second part is that there's micro amounts of minerals and there's a micro amounts of, for example, different forms of the magnesium in one product. So it's more biodiverse. And these are often discounted because they come in very small amounts, but the whole point of the body responding to something that it's evolutionary learned to respond to versus an isolated compound in super high dose, you actually often get much better results. And this is also true for let's say salt. So the, yes, there are like few main minerals that you get in salt, but then you have these dozens of other minerals in very micro amounts, but that's the whole point. Um, and it's, uh, I would say more is not better, but better is better. And that's often and lost in high doses of synthetic supplements. Anything to add on that, uh, Daniel? Yeah, that was, a, that was a great synopsis. Uh, we talked about when you add and stack different herbs together or different fungi together, but it's also important to look at each individual species and note that there's not we're not just taking cacao for the magnesium. Right? There's also an amazing amount of other antioxidants, vitamins, other minerals, amino acids, and those are also working synergistically with each other. And so that's kind of the beauty of a whole food or, or whole fungi substance is the body recognizes it and knows how to use it and process it. And the absorption, I mean, it's, it's night and day versus just taking out that one compound, which really the point is to usually patent and have a repeatable effect regardless of the body. Uh, so the results and the, the effect that the body experiences um, are much greater when we use the, the real thing, the real food from nature as, as our bodies, as nature intended. Now, now I have a question about, is it, can you take too many adaptogens all at once? Like if I you know, once I, I read this book and I'm, you know, and you guys laid out uh, all of the different benefits of, you know, each of the 21, I'm like, I, gosh, I got to start taking all of these. Is that, is that pushing the body in too many different directions? Is there, you know, based on like my unique constitution, would it be wise to limit that, you know, to take select few or how, how do you guys approach it? If someone is just like, I, I want to put everything into upgrading my health and, and just, take as many adaptogens as I can. Is, is that a good idea or maybe not? There's several pieces to this question. I'll try to address them one by one. Um, the first thing is our bot adaptogens aren't the answer to everything. So I will say they're really profound and they can help us in many ways, but it's really critical to make sure that you're focusing on other areas of your health as well. Like what are you eating? How are you sleeping? What's your exercise regimen and knowing that adaptogens are there to support instead of to come in and fix all of your problems. Um, knowing that what's really unique about adaptogens is they are non-toxic and typically 
how we can think about this is rather than there being a, a dose that then pushes you over an edge or makes you experience certain side effects, they have more of a ceiling dose where our bodies can't absorb more than a certain amount at a given time. So it's like you can take 5,000 milligrams of lion's mane extract a day, but your body might only be able to use 2,000, you know, or maybe even 500. Um, the third piece that I want to mention is there is there is synergy and each adaptogen can work better with uh, a specific other based on what you're using it for, right? So this lion's mane rhodiola example, or the for brain function, or this cacao reishi for stress and helping you relax and fall asleep at night. And so we did include in this book, it's kind of our quirky way of saying this, but best friends, which are, if you want to use more than one, be mindful with your stacks and you can choose, you know, one to five that are working with each other that is going to give you the best results. Awesome. Anything uh, you'd like to add to that, Tara? Well, these are most of these adaptogens don't taste good to the average consumer in America. So they're very bitter. And a lot of those bitter compounds or otherwise powerful pungent flavors are why they work. They are nature's way of protecting the plant or the fungi. And then we're just leveraging some of those stress responses that they created. So to take high doses of 21 or 20 um, products is very difficult. Uh, especially to someone who's not used to it, just from a flavor point of view. And that's one of the reasons why I recommend when you get to a new plan or even supplement is avoiding capsules and pills and instead trying to consume them in a way that your body tastes it. Because when you start to take high doses of any of these things, first, your body will crave it because like he, there's like a deficit, but it quickly it will tell you no must. And that's basically like your body's say, way of saying is that you have these. So um, when you start sipping on bitter Rishi Ashwakanda tea and you keep sipping it first, it just feels so good. And eventually it's going to, body's going to say that now you can move into a lower dosage. And I'd love if we could actually expand on, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up Taro uh, related to the, the taste. Cause I know you guys talk about in the book, the, the importance also of like tasting, um, like the adaptogen and that, uh, kind of. Uh, being a signal as to whether that adaptogen might be best for you, depending on if you really like the taste. Um, yeah, I'm pretty passionate about this because like, I think it's the reductionist way of both Western medicine and sometimes also some of us biohackers, we've kind of can't see the forest from the trees, right? So let's talk about the physiological impact. First of all, when you eat something, your body, when especially when you start to chew, you sort of meal feel good hormones get triggered, but also saliva and enzymes that will then break. So your body almost like prepares you to consume whatever it's consuming food or supplement or adaptogen. So that's one. So absorption gets improved. Secondly, I think this idea of constantly consuming these like capsules, veggie caps and whatnot at high doses, to me, it's really weird. At the end of the day, we are able to do, for example, the work you do using light and meditation and other tools because we have a long evolutionary response to certain triggers. Without this many, 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 many generations of evolutionary response, we probably wouldn't react as well to it, right? So then it's to me funny is that we're trying to trigger and use, be smart about how to trigger these evolutionary responses and then while also avoiding the evolutionary response. So to me, the idea of 
like putting capsules in your body instead of tasting it it's it's a it's a little weird and i would at least base recommend tasting opening one of those capsules and eating half of it um, putting it under your tongue and then swallowing the other capsules i want to add on to that and say this is also a really powerful way to assess quality so if you are someone that uses capsules one of the first things i do in my intro mycology class is i have people open a capsule of a myceliated grain product of reishi and then of a fruiting body log grown. I know this is getting heady, but the, the way that, that our ancestors have been using these mushrooms, the ones that are studied and we know are, are clinically more effective. And there's this like sweet sugary taste versus a bold, bitter medicine taste that the body and these enzymes in our mouth instantly recognize. Um, and so if you are taking something in a capsule, it's like so simple. We, people never think of this like, oh, I can actually open this capsule and your body will tell you. And as Taro mentioned, these are really bitter. So rather than expecting it to be like, oh, if I don't like the taste of this, it's probably not good for me. Um, it's more like we're not used to a lot of bitter flavors, especially in the Western palate. I mean, the two are like chocolate and coffee that we love, which is why some of our most popular products combine these strong bitter flavors of the mushrooms with you know fair trade organic coffee and and real cacao but yeah really tasting is the first way that our bodies recognize and there's enzymatic processes that happen like the moment that flavor hits our tongue right so like bitter it's like, oh it, it signals our liver like okay we're going to start detoxing right now those bitter greens in the spring um so if you want to know about quality open your capsules, taste your medicine, uh, prepare to be surprised what your body tells you. Very cool. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked, I think we've talked about, uh, you know, definitely, definitely several, a good, a good chunk of that list of adaptogens, maybe at, at some point they've been brought up, but, you know, in our last few minutes here, uh, I just wanted to give you guys the space. If there's any others, um, you'd particularly like to, to highlight, um, out of the the list in the book, um, maybe specifically, I know there's a, there's a whole section on ones for, for sort of like, uh, longevity. Um, so I'd be curious to hear, I don't know if we've mentioned any of those yet. Sure. Yeah. Longevity is, is incredibly important. One of the angles we took is, and something that I learned in the book while, while researching, like, how is the, how are these actually working on a very literal physiological level um, is with this incredible adaptogen called astragalus. Um, astragalus is a root, you boil it. In my private practice, I used it primarily for its immune supporting properties, um, but as adaptogens do, right? There's all these other benefits that they reveal. And one of their profound actions is their ability to act on telomeres. Um, so the longer our telomeres are, it's literally like anti-aging on a, on a visceral level. And so as we age, these telomeres get shorter and astragalus can actually help to um, prolong the length of our telomeres. So they're, they're anti-aging on this really interesting root-based level. But beyond that, we think about the amount of nutrients in so many of our, of our adaptogens, the sheer amount of antioxidants, of polyphenols, of these really important nutrients that naturally um, we're either getting less of as we age, as we're exposed to sun, as, 
as the natural processes of toxins and getting older, um, this just happens. And so replenishing our body with this really um, kind of powerhouse amount of nutrients is um, allowing us to kind of experience this anti-aging, anti-inflammatory effect um, through these foods that we're eating. Very cool. Um, Taro, any, any favorites of yours that we've haven't discussed yet? Yeah, I think, um, Shisandra berry is one of the first adaptogens ever studied. And I, I feel like it gets often overlooked. It's used for a lot of beauty, uh, but there's actually incredible benefits for sports performance and it is one of the most diverse ones. So if you're like, Hey, give me, you know, three adaptogens to start with. And I don't know anything about your body, body type goals. Like I'm just a black box. Like tell me three in a complete vacuum, I would probably put Shisandra because it's so versatile and so um, amicable to almost any life situation. So Shisandra berries is, is, is one that I would highlight. Um, and yeah, it's super well studied and I don't see that many companies and that many people talking about it. So I think it's pretty overlooked as well, considering how legit it is. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's certainly one that, that does seem to be less talked about. Um, I'm not sure if I had heard of it before, before reading your guys's book, but definitely was, was really intrigued by, um, by the, uh, the benefits there. Um, you know, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of like, you guys have a section, I think towards the end of the book, talking about, you know, what people should look for, uh, you know, in, in the adaptogen product that they're, you know, potentially, potentially going to buy since there's such a huge market um, with different, you know, capsules and powders and, and all sorts of different formulations. And, um, you know, how, how does like, can you guys uh, highlight some of those, the most important things that uh, that your average consumer should be looking for in an adaptogen product after, after they read the book and, and they, you know, find out about, they really want to go take lion's mane. Um, you know, what do they, what do they need to be looking for to make sure that that's the best quality product? Yeah, I can start with this. We really want to empower people to know what they're looking for. It's like teaching the man to fish instead of giving them the fish. And so part of this is being a, a conscious, mindful consumer and, we tried to boil it down to like five main things that are really helpful when you're assessing uh, quality and, and how to pick the right product to get the benefits that they're touted for. And the first is making sure you're getting the right thing. This might sound silly, but you want to get the right form. So for example, like turmeric, we know the root is where the medicine lies. You don't want to buy the turmeric leaf, right? Or the stem, right? Shazandra, it's in the berry. So you don't want to buy a Shazandra root. So really making sure you're getting the right thing that the Latin name matches up. We go over this in the book, but just making sure that you're getting what you want to get. Um, the second thing is dose. So there's been a lot of confusion, especially I think with, with cannabis and people seeing like, oh, five milligrams might be an effective dose. Um, so you really want to know what the right amount your body needs in order to experience benefits. Um, so not being tricked by, you know, there's ashwagandha in here and just a tiny, we call it like pixie dusting, but actually having an appropriate amount for you to feel. Um, purity is super important. So making sure that the product is clean. This is especially important with our mushrooms. They're bioaccumulators. So they absorb a ton from the medium they're growing from. 
Um, so you really want to make sure it's growing from a clean source. It's organic. It's third-party tested, ideally. Um, and the last two, bioavailability. It has a lot of times it has to be extracted in order for our bodies to use it and absorb it. Or bioavailability could also be stacking, right, and using vitamin C, for example, with our mushrooms, so our bodies use it better. Or the black pepper with the turmeric. Um, and then sustainability and, and ideally sourcing from countries of origins. We talk about in the book where each of these species grow naturally. And this is so important because in nature, these adaptogens are exposed to a lot of stressors. This is what makes them really unique. They're often found in these extreme environments. And as a result, they develop compounds um, that our bodies can then utilize to help us deal with the stressors in our life. And so making sure that they're coming from nature, they're coming from the places that they evolved to grow uh, is really key. And if you go through this checklist, we give lots of examples in the book, you know, if you want to purchase online or in different grocery stores, but ideally, you know, there's always new products coming on the market. And so if you can go through this list and make sure that each one is checked off, it's pretty certain that you'll, you'll experience the benefits from the adaptogen. But in terms of, um, you know, just kind of as we wrap up this whole discussion on adaptogens today, uh, anything that we have yet to discuss that you guys think is, is really important for the listeners to understand? You want me to go uh, first? Okay. Um, no, I think, um, you know, whenever you're learning about something new, it's scary at first. So if you read this, uh, if you read our book or you read about adaptogens and you hear about the amazing benefits, like you said, you want to get try all 21 of them because you want all the benefits and they're so amazing. So you're like, you get all excited, but then you get kind of worried, like what exactly to take, when to take, how to take. What I would just say, these are incredibly safe and unlike you know, pharmaceuticals and isolated compounds, the risks are very low and they're so safe and easy to use. So I would just encourage to start somewhere and try experiencing them in your body. They're also great that even though they offer holistic long-term health benefits, many of them, not all of them, but many of them also offer noticeable short-term benefits. So I would just encourage you to start learning. You don't need to learn all 21, but you could learn two and start reaping the benefits in your daily life. Awesome. Any, any last words before we wrap up, Daniel? I was just going to say, keep listening to your body. The body's the best teacher. So this book is a great start, but your body knows best. So start small, experiment the thresholds for you know, whatever scary effects you might feel is really low. It's like, these are more like foods. You can start with things like cacao or moringa. Like a lot of these are used as foods and just continue to check in, tune in with your body. Know that this is like matchmaking in a lot of ways. So if you experience something that is unique or isn't written in the book, um, don't dismiss it. That's, that's amazing information. And um, yeah, have fun with it. You know, I hope this book is just like the starting off point and then, the journey really begins when you start bringing them into your life and feeling how your life begins to shift with them on board. Awesome. Well, as I was saying before, you know, highly, highly recommend people go and check out the book um, when it's available. Hold the physical copy up here um, that you guys uh, that I got sent to me. So great, great read. Um, where can people find the book uh, in a few weeks once it's available? And, and also just how can people connect with you guys or find out more about your work? 
The book is available pretty much everywhere books are sold. You can head to healingadaptogens.com. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Booktopia. So wherever you like to purchase books, head on over there. And you can find Taro and I at Four Sigmatic on all social channels or foursigmatic.com. Um, you can find me at Danielle Ryan Broida or Taro at I am Taro. Awesome. We'll definitely include links to all of those uh, down in the show notes. And for the listeners who enjoyed the episode today, um, you can find the audio version of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major audio streaming platforms. Also, if you want to want the video, uh, the videos will be up on our YouTube channel, NeuroFlex. You can also find uh, podcast clips on that channel as well. Uh, so I wanted to really thank uh, thank each of you, Taro and Danielle, so much for for coming on the show today to to share all of your knowledge and expertise with uh, with adaptogens. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having us.